our, our Christmas series today. Um, I don't know if we call it Christmas series or Santa series. I don't care. It's just in the holiday spirit. Today is Home Alone. Uh, we're going to talk about some things today um, that we just really need to address. I mean, because in, in this season, this is a great time of year. and Everybody loves Christmas, but really, if we're honest, not everybody is experiencing Christmas the way that we used to when we were kids or want, because something has happened. Maybe we've lost a loved one or we're grieving or, or we went through a, a life situation change, a divorce or something. And so we've got this uh, inside us that we just feel alone. Have you ever been in a crowded room and still felt alone? Come on, somebody. So we want to talk about some things that will help us today to get in this season. And we don't have to do what everybody else is doing, but to enjoy our life. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to enjoy life. Because if we're going to live it on purpose, we got to love what we're doing or it's going to be fake. So let's not fake it. Let's let's make it. But let's do it the way that God wants us to do it. Next week, we're going to talk. Um, it's called It's a Wonderful Life. So we're going to talk about how we can life would be more wonderful. You know, a lot of us would think if we just had more income. Wouldn't be nice. You know, it's it sure beats the alternative to have no income, doesn't it? So having more income to do more things, that's great. But what do we do with that? How do we honor God with what we have and, and you know, with pressures from finances and different things like that? So we're going to talk about having a wonderful life. We're going to give you some suggestions that will help you in that area and different areas um, uh, around this holiday time. Then next will be Christmas vacation. So I'm just giving you what's going on. Everybody's got an Uncle Eddie. <laughs> so we're going to talk about relationships. Uh, during holidays and all that because before long you know you're going to be around people that sometimes you only see once or twice a year and how we can help with some of those things i don't know about you but we instead of just giving messages that are feel good all the time and we don't try to do that but we want practical things that we can put purpose behind them so that you can do the things that god's called you to do and be effective and also enjoy your life along the way after that's our christmas eve service and uh, that's during the day at 10.30. Make sure you mark your calendars for 10.30, one service that day. And that's going to be jam-packed. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. We're going to have a great time with that. And then the last service of the month is going to deal with Target. In other words, we want you to go into 2018 with some goals, with some ideas, so that you can make some changes that are healthy for you, so that this next year coming you'll have better results than you've had this year. doesn't mean you haven't had good results, but how many knows we can always get better? So we're going to do all of those things. That's what's happening uh, for this month. So stay tuned. Bring some friends. I want to talk about this, this subject, Home Alone. And so the, the video that you would have seen is basically, if you remember, the, the next-door neighbor, the older fellow, came uh, into the church where Kevin was at and says, Can I sit down? And he says, there's a lot of things going around about me, but none of it's true. And he says, this is his granddaughter. And, and they begin to talk about Christmas. And they begin to talk about how he is not with his family because a few years back, him and his son exchanged words. And since then, they've not spoken or been together at all at Christmas time. And so he's not enjoyed the season. He can't embrace what's going on in his culture. Come on. You can say, I don't like Christmas, and we can all be Scrooges, but Christmas is part of life. Whether you want to embrace it or how you do it, that's, that depends on your level. But at least enjoy yourself to the level that God wants you to. He can't, because there's that wall. So basically, 
this little boy, how many know sometimes your children can give you more wisdom than what you can think? This little boy gives him some wisdom. He actually uses an illustration, gives him some wisdom. And uh, he says, okay, you know, I'll try it. And then I'll show you a clip at the end of how that all worked out. So I want to talk about just being home alone, that, that break or that bridge that sometimes we just need to cross. Psalm 119.50 says, your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. So, you know, there are times that even in when everybody's having fun, you can maybe not be having fun because you've had some personal things or some things going on in your life. You might not want to share with everyone, but you feel alone, but you want to experience what they're experiencing. When we were kids, Christmas was just simple and easy, wasn't it? I mean, it's just it's just cool. I just watched Ralphie and Randy yesterday and I'm thinking, man. I remember being in fifth grade. Nobody laughed, but you will anyway. Fifth grade, when I heard some different truth, and and my sister was like, oh, thank you, God, it's about time. And I'll just leave that there. As in fifth grade. But I I had this perpetual hope of just believing that most everyone that I had ever run into are just good, and they want good for everyone, and everything is good, and life is happy, and, and everybody, you know, in my mind, I think every kid experiences the magic I would experience. Have you ever felt like that? And you find out it doesn't really happen that way, because some of their circumstances are different, or things have happened to them, life things have happened. Many of us have went through grief from the loss of a loved one, or, or experiencing loneliness, uh, depression, or even all three. So in a happy time, it is possible to kind of put on a happy face, but inside just be really depressed or feeling really alone or just grieving. Because there's things that people have to deal with. So that's what we talk about today. Isaiah 53, 4 in the New Living Translation says, yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. And you know, I read that this is the new living. Let's look at the, the new King James. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God. They, they just have the new living, so I'm going to show you this one. Smitten of God and afflicted, but he, has, he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It goes on to say in the new living, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins, beaten so that we could be whole, whipped so we could be healed. It's amazing what Jesus did. So our obvious answer has got to be, we just need more of God. People will say, oh, we need, I need more money. If I had this, if I was in this relationship, had this person or had this money, had this car, had whatever, then we think, oh, life would be good. You know, people that have said, I, if I just won the lotto, if I just did this, and you know, if you look at statistics of those that have won 26 million or whatever it is, it isn't long and pretty soon they're right back where they were or worse. Because there's something that's empty. So I want to give you five suggestions this morning that are going to help if you're having a blue Christmas. Anybody ever... Do they play that anymore, the Porky Pig blue Christmas song? I'll have it. You don't need to hear me sing that. Here's our first suggestion. You need to apply grace. Sometimes when you lose a loved one, it's like having major surgery because you're so used to having them there. All of their stuff, the smell, all of the things they've done, you know, all of that, the the perfume, whatever that is. Now, this is doctors saying this. This isn't God, but some doctors had said, you know, it could take up to 18 months 
for some people to really actually get back in the swing and, and cope. And that's not an excuse not to get in the swing, but I'm just saying, sometimes it's like going through something. Have they ever came in right after you got surgery and they want to get you up? It's time to walk. I had my appendix out and they said, we need to get up. I'm like, no, we don't. You might need to get up, but I don't need to get up. Yes, we do. Come on, let's walk across the room. That was one of the most painful walks I can ever remember taking. That old adage when you're growing up, if you fall off the horse, you need to get back on it and, you know, all that. Some of that, as much as nobody likes that, some of that, the sooner that we have to go, come on. It can be painful, but yet, and there's some suggestions. So so there needs to be some grace. Sometimes different ones that we move at different paces, we're all not at the same pace. Just because you were able to accept something or were able to deal with it different than someone else doesn't mean that now they're wrong. And you're right, you know, those kind of things. It's really an individual thing. It's just us saying, God, I'm... I need you, I need you to help me in this, and to lean the longer and the closer we lean on God, the better and the sooner we get better. You can have that same feeling if if you've had to experience a divorce, or if you're a kid and your parents have experienced divorce, or, you know, any kind of an operation, whatever, you have that, that recovery time. Maybe this year you need to do something different. If you are living by yourself or, or moved away or, or something. I moved away and, and went and managed a fitness center in another town. Didn't know a soul there. And everything was different. I remember trying to set up Christmas decorations and stuff like that. And I would always try to think, you know, how would my, my mom put this up and, you know, and whatever. How would, you know, this. And, and so my mind would flood back to what I remembered as a kid and. And, you know, but part of me was sad because it just wasn't the same. Does that make sense? And so, you know, but just going through that and there'd be times that I, I would feel almost homesick because I was far away in my mind. I knew I was far away. I knew I didn't live in town anymore and I didn't know anybody. And this is going to sound really silly, but I'm telling you, different things will help different people cope. So I'm just going to be as honest as I can. I went to a Myers in this town. Because it was set up much like the Myers that we have here. And so I could go in Myers and just take a cart and push it around. And it seemed like I was home. In my own mind, I would almost could picture myself being in my hometown and it would ease my pain. Does that, I don't know if that helps you. You might, I mean, I did it with Kroger's too. So I used and abused our grocery stores. Sometimes I would just walk in the store with a cart for a half hour or 40 minutes and never buy anything for real. I didn't know anybody. Nobody came up and said, Hey, how you doing? Cause I didn't know nobody, but it, it, I was doing something that would help. Sometimes you just need to get in an atmosphere where it just is going to, it'll be conducive to help you. Kim and I, if we'd want to dream about a new house, we'd go to a place where they'd build a new house and we'd just go in and sit in that living room. It's all like Ken and Barbie. It's all pretend. You know, I mean, because, I mean, it's not like I could say I'd be, you know, like one of those commercials, I'd be in my bathroom. Hey, excuse me, we're going to, you know, can't do any of that. But we could sit there and imagine what it would be like if we were building a house or if we had our house this way or whatever. It's okay to dream to help yourself. It's okay to be in places that are going to help you 
get past that grief or that loneliness or depression. Maybe you could find another family member uh, that, you know, is doing something and you could, you know, hang out with them a bit. Or if you're used to hosting dinner and then something's changed, a loss of a loved one or something, maybe this is a year that you don't host it because it's too painful. It's okay. I said it's okay. And other people have to understand and you're going to have to find people that will embrace you for being you. Sometimes we just need to be able to cry. Have you ever cried to God? I mean, like, flat out cried or bawled or maybe screamed. Be by yourself. You usually don't do that when other people are around. But, you know, you ever go somewhere and you're just, you're mad or you're upset and you just tell God everything. You might need to release some of that to him and just, and he already knows how you're feeling. It's okay. David did it in Psalm 61 too. Jesus wept when his friend Lazarus died in John 11, 1 through 44. You can read all of those. Your tears aren't a sign of faithlessness. There is, it's a natural response. And part of it is just part of healing. It's okay to cry. We grow in a society where big boys don't cry. You know, come on, suck it up. Sometimes you, you don't need to suck it up. You need to let it go. And it's all right. My kids and my wife, over the years, it seems like I have gotten more sensitive. I'm, I was working on a car in the barn yesterday, and I'm, I'm got, it's a wonderful life. You know, Jimmy Stewart, and, and so you know, he's in that part, and he's, Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Zuzu pedals, there they are! My mouth's bleeding, Bert! I'm in there going, I love this movie! Just cleaning the car. Why, you know, I don't know why. But you hear, this is what's going through my mind. He realized how important his life is and how important that God has placed in his family and all of those things. Let God heal you. Some of us just need to let go. We hold on to pain because we hold on to pain. And then the enemy, is it God wanting you to hold on to pain or is it the enemy? You've got to start asking yourself tough questions. Do you want to enjoy life? Could you enjoy the season if you didn't hold on to the pain? Because holding on to something means I got I to gotta use my other hand to get something else because I'm not letting this go. And I never fully can just go like this. Because I'm still holding on to bitterness or, or pain or loss or grief. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and Carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Jesus is saying, just come to me. I'll help you with your load. I'll take that. Here's our second suggestion. Start knowing what you're up against. I I tell stories from my life because I really can't tell them from yours because I don't know them. And some of those stories bring back emotions from Kim and I. Of stuff that we've had to deal with. I I said last week our first child was a stillborn. One of the few times that I saw my father and I, he just flat out bawled. Just bawled. We stood in the funeral home's parking lot for about 20 minutes. Didn't say anything but just held each other and cried. What I'm telling you is, is in some of those things you need to understand what you're up against. Kim and I were trying to pull ourselves together, reeling from all of that. And we went to, uh, you know, my mom and dad's for Christmas Eve because November 26th was the day that we buried our first son. So there was a, I'm not trying to bring you down. I'm just trying to be real. 
So, so there wasn't a whole lot of time, you know, past that. And I remember going and pulling up in the drive and she looked at me and I looked at her and grabbed her hand and I said, how long are we going to be here? And she said, how long do you want, you know, can we stay? And I said, well, we can stay as long as you want, but let's, let's, let's say for two hours or three hours, we're going to be strong. God's going to help us through this for three hours. We can do this. And so we just kind of bit off a chunk of it. Does it, do you understand? Instead of just saying that there's no, we said together, we're going to make this. And we, we helped each other through that. If she needed something or I needed something, there, there was just that, the little signal of the squeeze of the hand. Nobody else knew what was going on, but we knew what was going on. You're going to need to just say to sometimes, somehow, if you want to enjoy your life, there are things that aren't fair, things that happened that you didn't call. I'm telling you, life isn't fair. But boy, we have a God bigger than that. And we've got to start saying, God, I just need you to help me so I can enjoy my life. Know what you're up against. So be a little proactive. Don't be in fear of your emotions. You got to be sensitive. I'm telling you, we, we live in a sight and sound generation. You might need to stay off Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, all of that. Because what happens is, you know, everybody posts a lot of stuff. And I'm telling you, if they if everything was as good as what you read every time, you're like, I mean, what are they? Do they live in Disneyland or is it just me? I mean, is like life never touched them or is it just me? And I get it. And, I, you know, you want to post the good stuff. So this isn't a crack about posting good stuff. But this is about sometimes if you're struggling Seeing everybody else apparently not struggling except you isn't going to help you. Take a break and just say, you know what? I'm going to take the month or the next few weeks or whatever you need to. And just life will still go on if you're not on Facebook. All right. So just saying sign off if you need to, because you don't need to put fuel on the fire if you just need to get some healing going on. Now, if you've got some friends that are helping you, but the only thing about Facebook, the whole world can see that. I don't know how all the settings, but just, you know what I'm saying. So you might find the one who's reaching out to someone. Maybe you're the one and you know they're going through something. Something happened or they're grieving or they're lonely, depressed or whatever. And so you might be the one that you feel like you, God telling you, I need to be a help to them. And so that can be maybe some of your role in this holiday season. You have to keep your words graceful you have to think about how you're going to respond what are you going to say to them and how you respond and how you say to them sometimes you know it's easy to say something and be taken wrong and you didn't mean it that way you have to be careful about you know we live again sight and sound texting i I, i'm just a dude so i just text minimally a little bit i don't text everything i you know i just don't I mean, people will say something, I'll be, that's great, okay. Because I thought it was great, and it's okay. But, you know, Kim will say, did you put a smiley face, a thumbs up, a fist bump? I'm like, no. I didn't mean it, I didn't like it. I said I liked it, yeah, but you need to, you know, or just, I'll put just the basic. Because I don't want to stand there and go, I don't. I'm, you know, my next phone, it might not be a smartphone. It might be a Captain Kirk phone. Beep, beep. <laughs> Brett to Kim, come over. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I'm just not, you know, it's all good. I don't mind texting. 
But anyway, be graceful. Start saying, God, how can I help them? And be careful of how I say what I say. Now, listen to me, and I need you to hear me, because this isn't one of those. This is one. I hope this is helping you, because I prayed and asked God, what are people dealing with, especially this time of year? And I don't and I'm not saying I'm just saying I don't see a lot of people just talking about the things we're talking about. If grandpa's been gone for seven days, seven months or seven years, grandma still misses him. Come on. So don't say aloud, how can she still be? He's been gone for and I get it because we're not her. But every day she's reminded of those things. So she's dealing with that. And I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying that's where she's at. Maybe it's Uncle George and and Aunt Martha needs, you know, comforting. Or maybe it's Aunt Martha and Uncle George or or vice versa, Grandma, Grandpa. Some of the good things you can say to somebody when you're not sure where they're at, like if it's somebody that's lost someone, just give them that hug and say, hey, how are you holding up? It's simple. It's it's easy if they say, I'm doing I'm doing well. Or they might say, you know what, it's tough. You're already saying, I'm with you. I love you. I'm here for you. That's without even saying those words. By saying a statement like that in that hug, it's saying, I'm with you. How you holding up? You doing okay? If they say yes, then you're like, good, okay. Well, awesome, man. I just, I'm here if you need me. I'm so, you know, I'm so glad to see you and whatever. But just those kind of graceful statements. They're safe questions. Here's our third suggestion. Then you might need to reach out. Sometimes some of the best things you can do to get your mind off of you, if you're struggling, you're depressed, you're lonely, or you're grieving, is help somebody else. It sounds really simple, but it's truth. If you will get your mind off, because see, that's the enemy is very much internal. He's self-centered. He wants you, you know, oh, and he'll get you all about your issue. But if you can focus outward, Jesus is always about reaching out drawing people to him he's always about helping and and when we get our minds off us and get our minds on others it actually helps us isolation will turn your focus inward and the enemy is about isolation and and just keeping you alone jesus is about insulation he's about keeping you all stored up and good and being able to give out because you have plenty supply because he's put it there Volunteer at a local church. See where you can help. Host a small group. You don't have to lead it. Just, hey, open your house to it. Join a small group if you want. You know, just finding people. That's why we we kind of push small groups because life change happens in groups, in smaller groups. It's great to have corporate worship. It's great to have all that. But let's face it, day-to-day life, it's great when somebody, and you're talking to them level to level, and you're just saying, man, this is, you know, it's been a struggle, and they can say, I'm with you. Maybe you can serve dinner to the homeless. There, there are ministries around this, this great city of ours that they just minister to people. They have food banks. They have, they have dinners. They, you know, those kind of things. Thrift stores, whatever. Maybe you can walk your elderly neighbor's dog. Just, you know, offer that. Do something to serve. If you need company, then find somebody that, you know, that understands that that is okay with you being maybe a little more quiet if that's what you're dealing with. But they're okay, but you still want to have some people around you. Go to a holiday function, bring a dish, make something for it. 
Because if you just keep yourself inward, you know, I'm just saying, the more you isolate yourself, the more you consume yourself with the things that you're dealing with. But reach out and start saying, okay, what are we doing? What kind of a function is it? Then make something that you just want to do. Bring a dish, supply it, help, clean up, do whatever you need to do. But get involved in, with other people. Get your mind off of you. Give the gift of your time. Galatians 6.2 says, share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. Here's number four suggestion this morning. Say something. Memories can be a great healer. If you remember funny stories, you can share them. You can laugh and cry with your family member. They're having trouble. They're upset. Maybe good times you've all had, different things. Our family has had a lot of things that we can share and laugh until our sides hurt. But you also have to be sensitive. You have to listen to the Lord because if you're that person that's trying to bring comfort, you may not need to share and maybe it's not a good time yet to share. So you've got to kind of weigh that and maybe it's just need to be that one that's just close and just says, I'm here, I'm here. Maybe you're saying there, there are not a whole lot of good memories to share. Then it's probably best to stay quiet. Just don't change everything. If, if the person is, wants to share something and it's, let them share it and just be supportive. Be careful and have a sensitive heart. Best thing I can tell you, and I, I still need work on this, is to be a good listener. Isn't it nice to be a good listener? Sometimes it's nice to have somebody just listen. And if that brings tears to their eyes, let it bring tears to their eyes. You're not trying to change that. You're just there to support. Memories are great gifts from God, and they're one of the few ways that that legacy of that person, if you've lost a loved one, lives on. Remember the time we did this? Remember that? Remember when we were here? Remember when this happened? You know, I... As a minister, I get to do, I've done weddings and funerals. Um, when I do funerals, whoever I do the funeral for, I ask the Lord, and my wife could tell you this, um, I ask the Lord for a word for that person. And the Lord will give me a word for that person. And that word might be life. And then, then I would take those words, the L or the letters, L-I-F-E, and I, you know, and I would, this is what this person reminds me of, or joy, or um, I've had one, ones where I've done that were fun, you know, because it reminded me of this. And so then, and in that message, I find stuff from family members that were just crazy funny that they loved or great memories or their personality of that lost loved one. And I bring those out in that message. And what I find, now listen to me, this isn't about me. What I'm, this is what I find. This is a principle. I'm trying to teach you a kingdom principle. The Bible says laughter is like medicine. And so in the midst of something so sad or some grief or loss, for them to remember something good or to be able to chuckle or laugh brings medicine to their spirit. And I could watch that whole atmosphere of the funeral begin to change. And then afterwards, when it's over, seeing people hug each other and, and going, oh, I remember that. Remember that? That was so great. Here's our last suggestion for this morning is hang on. Just cling to the promises of God. Just hang on to what God says. Even if you don't feel like it, you know it's really not about your feelings. It's about the facts of the word. John 14, 18 says, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Some of us in this 
hectic, busy time feel forgotten by people. We're never forgotten by God. Never. God is here. He sees you sad. He sees you lonely. And he wants to comfort you. We read the scripture earlier where Jesus said, if you give me that, I'll take care of it. Just because you're alone doesn't really mean you're lonely. How many like, you know, some of us, and there's nothing wrong with this. You like to be alone at times. You just need that. How many replenish when you're alone? It's kind of cool, really. You know, I, I love this about Mal. I remember Mal going, I'm, I'm going to a movie. And I remember some of her friends like, uh, by yourself? And she'd be like, uh, yeah. Because she would go in that movie and just be kind of like, ah. And while she's in a movie, it, you know, I don't know. I guess this helped fill her up. She just she was not about to stand around and, and just let look inside and be like, oh, woe is me. She just kept herself busy. Now she's got a husband that keeps her busy. And she likes going to movie with him. He is a lot of fun. What I'm telling you is, is this. I mean, just start hanging on, just saying, God, God knows exactly where you are. The truth about loneliness, to make it, you know, if this will help it so it doesn't hurt less, is number one, you have Jesus, so you're never alone. If you know Jesus Christ, he lives inside of you, and by his spirit, he never leaves you. You are never alone. His promise is true. Surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. That's Matthew 28, 20. And here's the second tip on loneliness. You can help other people. Again, reaching out. God, you know what? I am not going to turn this on me. What do you want me to do to help somebody else? Reach out to somebody else that's lonely, that maybe doesn't know the truth that you know. We are, you know, I told our our core meeting today in uh, the huddle, the team huddle before service. We are we are the light Man, be the light. Darkness flees when light enters the room. And so, you know, sometimes it's not always easy. Sometimes your batteries are kind of dim. What's, you know, your light's not shining bright. Well, then all I'm telling you is this. It's simple. Sounds kind of, but it is. You just got to recharge your batteries. But let me tell you this. Little light's better than no light. And sometimes just recharging the little light, just getting involved will send that light to another level. If this room was totally black, totally black, and we let a little firefly fly in here, our whole attention, we could see that little light. Or if one person had one big lighter from the 60s. And, and then we, all let our, we would all be, hey. Because why? Because the light draws to that, and darkness flees from the light. The light draws everything that's good. It, it gets into the light. Let me give you some common questions, just a few of them I wrote down and some answers, and then I'll show you the end of this clip and we'll finish this up. Here's a question, and I, I thought, I'm going to put a couple of these in here. This is not a typical series or typical, you know, uh, so here's the question. Why are people so thoughtless? I lost my husband, you could put in there, whatever, uh, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa. I lost my husband, this is what this person says a few months ago. And at first, everyone was very concerned and sympathetic. But now no one calls or even asks how I'm doing, and I don't understand. That's a good question. So, you know, because their life has has went on. They they helped you during that time, or they felt they did. But they kind of just think, I got my own life. And part of that's true. But isn't that when you're going through something, sometimes you might need a little more help 
because they're not going through it. They, they need to be more sensitive. So here's the, here's the answer. Why do people react this way? This is what they said, and, and I'll add to it. It's because they've never gone through the experience of losing someone near them, so they may not know how that is. So they don't know how to reach out. They've not experienced it. If you've ever not done anything, sometimes you don't get it. So that could be they don't realize how devastating that is. Or they feel embarrassed or inadequate. They don't know how to come up and ask you that. What if, you're, what if they're wrong? Or what if, what if you're snappy because you're sensitive? It's not always so easy. After we had lost our child, I finally, Kim and I got out. We went to the mall. And that was at a time when actually there were shops at the mall besides three. And we're praying that there's a lot going back there. And because we want Marion to be revived. But, we, you know, and so I had got her out of the house and, and we were gotten out and somebody hadn't seen her and didn't know and ran up to her and said, Kim, it's so good to see you. And they hugged and, and I was like, okay, this is good. And then she said, so where's the baby? And my wife's face immediately just, and she just turned around and looked at me and she said, I'm going to the car. And she went to the car and the person was like, I, what, what I say? So I had to explain to her what happened. And she's like, I feel terrible. Well, Kim never meant to make her feel terrible. What I'm telling you is sometimes people don't know what to say. They don't approach because they don't they don't know all the details. So in some of those cases, you just have to be sensitive. And again, go back to that. Hey, how you holding up? How you doing? If you did, if you knew something went on, you could say something like that. If you don't know if anything went on, then don't act like anything went on. Just stay general. The Bible tells us to show kindness and compassion to those who are hurting. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, Ephesians 4.32. It tells us to rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, Romans 12.15. Isn't it good to have people that will just hold you and cry? Because you're hurting, they seem to be hurting as well. The greatest truth I can give you is that God understands and he knows your grief. He knows your loneliness. He knows if you're depressed. But it doesn't have to stay that way. You don't have to be home alone, especially during the holidays. Here's another question, and then we'll be done. I tell God every day, and maybe you've never done this, but I can say, I've done this. God, I wish you'd just take me, let me be home with you. Anybody ever? Okay, don't raise your hand. Or, or just because they're so missing someone, I just want to be with them. I just want to see them again. I want to go to heaven and see them again. And then they say, why hasn't God answered my prayer? That was the question. The answer is Paul declared. It's, and first of all, I think part of that's just a normal feeling. You miss somebody so bad. God knows all of that. The Apostle Paul declared, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is, is better by far. Philippians 1.23. But then, you know, I think normal, we'd say, yeah. But the reason may be that God still has a purpose for you down here. There's still more work to be done down here. Something he wants to accomplish through your life. Something that's going to change destiny for those that are involved with you. Because see, we got to understand that each one of us are miraculously made. Each one of us are jewels in the hand of God. Each one of us are so important. He would leave 99 just to come for you. You're that important to him. And he has a plan and a destiny for each of us. It is not just to follow and just be with one And never do anything on our own. God has something for you. 
If you ask him, he's going to show you what it is. I thank God every day for memories I have with loved ones and, and memories that I'm making now. I, I love that. I am thankful for my relationship with Jesus Christ and those that have gone before that know Jesus and, and all of that. I'm thankful for that. I love Romans 12 too. It's become one of my favorite scriptures. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform that. Let who transform you? Listen to this. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know his will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So if I am saying this, God... I I want you to help me change the way I think. Come on, somebody. If you change your perspective, there's greater things ahead of you than what's behind you. There's more future in front of you than what you've left. God has got great things, but you have to change the way you think. If this is it, if this is as good as TLC gets, if this is as good as this, you might as well shut the doors and we might as well all go home. But there is more to come. There are people that need Jesus. There are people that need to find out who is the Savior. And God is going to use lights like you to get that done. If we'll do all of this and put some of these suggestions in play, things can happen the way that you've dreamed them to happen. I want to show you a video clip. Then we're going to close this thing out. See, this isn't a matter about your age. This is, a, uh, this is a, a gentleman up there in years applying just things that I'm just trying to share with you today can make a big difference in your life. And you could start enjoying and embracing some of these things and start understanding and making life a little more uh, valuable uh, for, for what you need and what God is wanting to do in you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes, please?